let us begin. Not gonna lie, I'm pretty proud of this one. It's very good, yeah. Although now that we've let the drink sit out for a little bit, the bubbly is... <laughs> we've committed <laughs> the sin, right? Yeah, Which yeah, is yeah. actually so, you know so true to the coupe glass anyways which we're gonna get into but i think it's still good it's very good yeah no i really like it and just what a great excuse to get these really cute coupe glasses yeah they're art deco-y like rim rigid rimmed style i don't know how you would explain that yeah like (laughs) a wide open top with like a stem and they have like ridges around the outside so cute I'm so. really excited because I don't have any coupe glasses. Yeah, you didn't have any. No. Perfect. Mm-hmm. We love that. Podcast being the excuse for the shopping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like that TikTok where it's like, oh, this is how much money we made with our blog or our podcast each month. Oh, yeah. And then the girls who had like the podcast it was like negative $50 because we bought new equipment. And it's like right. same, <laughs> it's negative like, $50 because I put money into buying like glassware <laughs> i bought glassware i bought alcohol yeah. i bought a book oops that's yeah, fine we're definitely not making any money but that's okay nope that's what we're we were saying knowledge. last one Yo, yeah. yeah that's, what, last that's what we said last time right it's like wow. we're not even that we have no way of making money and we're fine with that we're fine with that yeah i'm fine with that all right so speaking of the cocktail for episode two where we're back at it episode two where after this one's done, we're two into our 12 episodes yeah. of 2023 wow. goal. So our new, our new year goal. Our new year goal. We'll see if we make it. I think we can do it. I think we can. So yes, uh, our new cocktail for episode two is the Amaretto Spritz, served in a coupe glass. Um, this cocktail has amaretto, it has lemon, it has blood orange bitters, all those things are shaken and strained into a coupe glass mm-hmm. with some ice. And then you top it with some sparkling champagne or or just champagne. Champagne is sparkling. But top it with a, I would say don't do a Prosecco because Prosecco is going to make it too sweet and like mm-hmm. cough syrupy like we talked about the live. But I think that um, just any nice dry, dry brute yeah, yeah. champagne, that'll mm-hmm. do. Do you think this would work well with? Like a, I don't know, like a sparkling water or tonic or anything. I think you could. Tonic might be too overpowering. You know, with like a Aperol spritz, sometimes they mix like both sparkling water and champagne. Right. Yeah. Like if you wanted more fizz and less champagne. Yeah. I think you could totally do okay. that. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you have Prosecco and you find it too sweet, then you mm-hmm. could put some of that like club soda, you right. know, like standard bubbly on top of it and yeah, kind of add bubbles, okay. but no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I don't think we've had... Have we had a cocktail with amaretto in it before on the podcast? Didn't we do an amaretto sour last year with Brennan? Because that's one of her favorites. Yeah. It was like a whiskey amaretto Mm -hmm. sour, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was very good. Yeah. But that was your... You you added the amaretto. It wasn't like that's a common. No, that's a common one. Oh, it is a common one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to think like, what are the common amaretto drinks that are out there yeah i think amaretto sour is pretty much the main one that people would probably think of and then it's added because it's a liqueur so it's added into like cocktails all the time as like a sweetener yeah yeah this time i feel so much more prepared did my notes (laughs) i got my notes highlighted they're highlighted and i have my sources (laughs) and stuff so i'm just gonna 
get into the history of the coupe glass. Like, Great. like we talked about doing some cocktail history. So let's just get into it. So um, the a uh, couple of sites that I found some of this information from that I'm quoting are shecantonic.com, which is like a really great little blog, and uh, food52.com. There's a blurb by Amy Azurito, hope I'm pronouncing their name right, um, who had some really fun like history and stuff like that to include. So those are the people that I'm quoting when I'm quoting. Other stuff I've kind of like included myself. Okay. So... Uh, super fun to name drop immediately. People like uh, Winston Churchill mm. and Napoleon Bonaparte and Mark Twain have all been quoted saying fun things about champagne in general. So this is a typical, the coupe glass was used for champagne back yeah. in the day. Just originally okay. it was only used for champagne and we're talking like 16, 1700s. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Twain, he's quoted saying, too much of anything is bad, but too much champagne is just right. Love that. Napoleon, he said, in victory, you deserve to drink champagne, but in defeat, you need it. Mic drop. Um, so these these folks with all their quotes, they we also have um, one of our female characters in the tale, um, Madame de Pompadour. Madame de Pompadour. Mm of France. She once said champagne is the only drink that leaves a woman a woman still looking beautiful after drinking it. Oh. Why? What's wrong with all the other drinks? I don't know. I guess they, they <laughs> you leave you disheveled terrible. or blushed or something. I don't know. I don't Sweaty. know. I feel like champagne screws me up more than anything else though. Right? <laughs> champagne hangovers yeah. like can be a little brutal. Um so Madame de uh, Pompadour. She was King Louis XV's royal mistress. Oh. Um, and she was the one who had like a lot to say about beauty and of course champagne and, and these things of like class, whatever, mm-hmm. apparently. Um, and she was also one of Claude Monet's, Monet's, so Monet's uh, most loyal customers. Oh, very Whatever cool. that means. Anyways, so let's get more into the glass now that we have some characters introduced. One of our very well-known, we know her very well, Miss mm-hmm. Marie Antoinette. Mm-hmm. We saw her house in yeah. Versailles. Yeah, we did. That's um, cool. So after a decade of its introduction, so this, we're talking like now we're in the 1700s, or so, not 1600s, um, tales began to surface that King Louis XVI of France, who was married to Queen Marie Antoinette, was responsible for molding the shape of the glass after Marie Antoinette's breast. So he created it, not she yes. created it okay that's the that's like the the legend basically the lore, the lore. Yeah. yeah there's other people who say that it was named or that it was shaped after um madame de pompadour's breast mm. so it could have been like either one sure but i fact checked this so we know marie antoinette she's known for saying like let them eat cake whatever yep. she's beheaded guillotine whole thing um the the also, it could have been shaped after Helen of Troy or Madame de Pompadour um, because, after all, the Greeks did drink out of breast-shaped cups called mastos, oh, mastos cups, I which is, see those. Yeah, which is complete with an articulated huh. nipple. So it actually has a nipple, too. Oh. So that, they were, like, technically the first ones, the okay. Greek. And then okay. the French, like, took it over, of course. Sure. They were, you know, making it whatever. This is a really fun story, sure, but it's not entirely true because the coupe glass can go back to the 1600s, like I said, but Marie Antoinette was born on November 2nd, 1755. 
Oh, okay. So it's later. So yeah, she's a yeah. read redoing sure, this. Sure, of sure, it. sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically there's no way that the original coop was after her breast, but perhaps one of the others made it or perhaps her her king right king louis the 16th was like mm-hmm. i want to make this for you whatever so the kings and queens they influenced the popularity of the chic drinking glass in europe but hollywood royalty um had the coupe glass in hand as well which is where it became a very fashionable statement in the states so we have like iconic actors like cary grant he's seen throughout the 40s looking super suave with a coupe glass in like a fair to a remember yeah right Um, roman holiday he's always got his coupe glass and it also pops up in a lot of award-winning movies throughout the decades, including um, 1942's Best Picture, Casablanca. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. classic Hollywood, of course. Yeah. It was also the vessel for uh, the vessel of choice, a uh, cocktail ve- or champagne vessel of choice, because, of course, we have competition, the flute glass, mm-hmm. which is the other shape that people see the champagne glass in. Um, but it was preferred by Marilyn Monroe, Sophia Loren, Claudia Schaefer, Kate Moss, and Jackie Kennedy being a little bit more modern of those. And they, if you want to look them up, Kate Moss especially has a fun... Um, she actually had a coupe glass shaped after her breast herself. Oh, <laughs> in New York oh, for a I restaurant. Guess so lunch. we all should be getting so, coupe glasses. Yeah, we based should off our breast. So people are still do we, doing this today. Do we know any glass makers that could that could hook us up? Uh, help us. Like, I don't how know. would you do that? Would you like? Because you can't mold glass, hot molten glass over your breast, right? I'm sure you would have to like mold, mold and cast it. with. And then pour the glass into it and then uh, into your mold. That's very interesting. You would be much more adverse in that than I'm I would. I'm sure Elliot would be really good at creating that for me because, oh. well, not the glass part, but creating the mold and the casting because of his experience with prop making, whatever. But yeah, maybe that would be a good Valentine's Day gift. In the early days of champagne, kind of going back once again, it wasn't much of a beverage to be savored. So we're talking about champagne here. It would rather be something that they would slam like a shot of tequila. Oh. So that's why, you know, the big controversy is like, oh, you shouldn't use a coupe glass because the bubbles evaporate. Like what happened to ours when mm-hmm. we were taking photos? Mm-hmm. Um, you should use a flute because then the bubbles can bounce around in there and they are like sustained. They, yeah. They last for longer. But in these times, back in the 1700s, they would pass out champagne, champagne, champagne to everyone and they would literally just like shoot it back. So nice. you got to you gotta just take it quick. It didn't matter about hard the bubbles. It's hard to shoot out of this kind of cup though because it's so wobbly yeah and... i guess they they were messy too you know yeah, they're yeah, like yeah. we have all this money we can just throw <gasps> champagne <laughs> everywhere just, yeah there's even a painting like a 1700s painting it's like a dinner scene and all these kind of like french whatever people are drinking champagne and you can see the guy at the head of the table and he just like cut the top of the bottle and the cork is still in the air like flying in the air and there's like people with bottles everywhere it's really cool anyways so talking about the exact design of the coupe it features a really shallow broad bold glass which is what makes it Mm -hmm. that's like the descriptor you know broad bold so it um, is easy to spill. That's the biggest controversy about the coupe glass is that it's not practical mm-hmm. for champagne. But people still use it for, even on the live, we had someone say like, oh, we put pudding in those. So it's like used for desserts. Or I've also seen it in um, like for alfagato, which is like one of my favorite desserts ever, mm-hmm. gelato mm-hmm. with espresso mm-hmm. on top. They use the same type of desserty glass with a stem. Um, it 
how uh, however it the reason that there so it's interesting so basically like 1700s it was used seen as high class all these things and it was very popular all the way up until about the 1960s so we're talking after great depression we still have that old hollywood roaring 20s all that stuff still very popular but then in the 1960s people were like oh this is not the right type of glassware to use for champagne you should be using a flute so Mm. it just like lost popularity people were like we don't want these coupe glasses anymore Especially in like bars and whatever that serve champagne like in a flute. That's the way to do it. But because a lot of period pieces have been coming into the screen a lot, especially now, Mm -hmm. but especially period pieces like Mad Men, for example, Mm. they feature the coupe glass because they want to be like period accurate and all that stuff. So because of that, I think people are inspired and they're like, oh, I want to bring back the coupe glass. So that's why it started to come back is because of, of course, media. Right. Right. Of course. Um, So you have to kind of have to make up your opinion now. If you want to serve your champagne to your guests or enjoy your champagne with a coupe glass or if you prefer like the kings and queens back in the day of France or or if you want to use a flute. Hmm. So you can have your own opinion or you can take notes of those kings and queens. And what they would say is if the bubbles are gone, you didn't drink it fast enough. Oh, shoot. So imagine being like told that by a king like you didn't drink your drink fast enough and now you're going to be beheaded yeah now you can't come to our parties anymore <laughs> you're not enjoying yourself enough yeah <laughs> whatever i'm sure that's a conversation down that had. to the prison cell yeah for you banished banished you didn't enjoy our champagne yeah whoa <laughs> danger so that's the coupe glass right do we want to talk a little bit about amaretto and yeah where like amaretto comes from and stuff like that yeah you have a little blurb actually in your book so we're gonna right? open up the bible again we're back to the it drunken botanist bible amy stewart our lord and savior no i'm yes. just kidding oh <laughs> yes um there's two like sections where well there were a couple sections where amaretto is mentioned but um one of the fruits or plants if you will where amaretto is derived from is an apricot um but not the apricot itself let's see here it says where's my oh yeah oh yeah pour yourself a glass of amaretto and you'll recognize the flavor immediately almonds right not necessarily the world's most popular amaretto amaretto di serono which disserono disserono which is what we're drinking it is Gotcha. It gets its almond flavor from the pits of apricots. Um, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. I and is it just the pit of an apricot that has that much flavor? Or I mean, I'm sure they've had to like, like, because it just tastes so almost um, fake, like synthetic. Mm. That how could it have just come from an apricot pit? Sure. And I'm sure sugar I'm and sure, distilling and whatever. But right. yeah, but like. I, f- I feel like there's some fake flavoring in there, like artificial flavoring, Ooh. but I... Like they're putting just, almond extract in uh, yeah, there? Yeah, I don't know. squeeze, squeeze. I don't know. So that was, that's very interesting. Yeah, I, I guess some amarettos are made with almonds or a combination of both. I was reading that in like early time, like 1920s and whatever, in the prohibition times, if they didn't have access to apricots, then they may have used um almonds which makes me think that there's like a process that they use that makes it amaretto you know what i mean so it's like a nut pit and then this process 
so this is also interesting. Um, just as I'll just read this whole little section yeah. again. More Direct more quote. history. Uh, just as almonds may be sweet or bitter, the bitter varieties containing high levels of amygdalin, which Ooh. turns into cyanide in the gut, apricot pits are also classified as sweet or bitter. Most varieties grown in the United States are cultivated for their fruit and their pits are the bitter variety. But in the Mediterranean, it is easier to find so-called sweet pit or sweet kernel varieties. Split open the hard pit of a sweet variety and the kernel inside the seed looks and tastes much like the closely related sweet almond. Oh. So only in the Mediterranean, folks, will you get a sweet which is pit. interesting because amaretto is from Italy, sourced in Italy, oh, and amaretto is Italian for a little bitter. Oh, yeah. So it's they must bitter. use like a bitter variety. Yeah. Huh. And in our cocktail today, amaretto is like the leading um, sugar source of sweetness because there's mm-hmm. no simple syrup mm-hmm. or anything like that in our cocktail. And then it has that lemon, citrus, and the blood orange bitters to like cut that syrupy to it to make it really light and flavorful so good and wrapping things up with nuts and seeds nut a dry fruit that does not open at maturity to release its seed generally surrounded by a hard woody outer covering and containing only one seed almond liqueurs have been popular since the renaissance an era of great discovery that included the realization that any number of wonderful things happen when fruit spices and nuts are soaked in brandy Oh, brandy. so is it soaked in brandy? Oh, I wonder. Huh. I, Every, I guess Brandy is sense. just the bra- yeah the, the parent of everything, I yeah. feel like. So the goal could have been to create a medicine or simply to soften the edges of a crudely distilled spirit. The Italian Amaretto is the best known example, although the brand most widely so- sold around the world, Amaretto di Sirono, contains no almonds at all, but instead gets its nuttiness from the kernels of apricot which we already know that but still it is fairly easy to find an amaretto made with actual almonds try mm-hmm. luxardo amaretto di sashira liqueur we've <laughs> so luxardo can, oh we've okay cocktails okay. with luxardo before the i think the um aviation cocktail has luxardo in it because oh. it's like a licorice liqueur remember okay. it has that like wooden um so it's like that tall. is definitely yeah. almond from made from almonds okay yeah but the Disarono, which we have been drinking, mm-hmm. is from Apricots. Apricots. Cool. Very cool. I have like a little blurb on the, hi- like a little bit more of the history of um, Apparetto, or Apparetto, hello, Amaretto. Um, like it's you like talked about. It's like Aperol and Amaretto. Aperol <laughs> Yeah. Amaretto. Um, may, so the original version was made in Sorono, Italy. So Disarono. Okay. Is oh, kind of like in there. Serono or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently, some think it's hard to believe, but the importation of Amaretto liqueur to the United States didn't occur until the 1960s. Oh, wow. Yeah. So okay. it stayed over in Italy for a while. Yeah. The cordial quickly became a hit in cocktails and food preparation. And by the 1980s, it was the second in sales only to Kahlua. Oh. So Kahlua is in, um, it's like a, uh, chocolate liqueur coffee liqueur yeah right it's, it's in made espresso coffee? martinis yeah. a lot okay. yeah um it's popular on its own so amaretto is popular on its own especially as a dessert drink but works great as a mixer so you were saying i did think it was good because i wanted to just taste it purely 
but without anything else mixing it. And it was yeah. good by itself. Like I am my little shot glass and yeah, just a little sippy sip. It's a little it's too syrupy, like sweet for me. Sure. But I prefer like a bittery thing. So mm-hmm. I think I need that citrus to cut it. But I can see if like you're enjoying a, a dessert and you had like a little, you know, because like yeah. cordials and stuff, they're in smaller like shot glass type cups, right. you know. So it's right, like yeah. you're meant to just like sip, sip. Like or like one of those little yeah. like tasting drink, like a little taster. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So that's cool. Um, many people have known to add it to their coffee, which is interesting. Oh, um, fun. Even yes. though. Start to do that. Yeah. yeah well, we should try that. <laughs> um, it's known that the drink was made in Italy. Pinning down its exact origin story can be tricky because two different families claim responsibility for the cordial mm. with both having equally interesting stories to back up their claim. So the two families, just a little bit on those two families, because we love a, a good family rivalry. Family rival, <laughs> yes. So the, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, I'm sorry, it's Italian. Uh, the Lazzaroni family of Serrano, Italy, claims the title as the inventors of Amaretto. They invented the Lazzaroni Amaretto cookies around mm. 1786. So we're talking oh. about the coupe glass being invented in like 1600s, early 1700s. Just following after that, maybe you'd see a little amaretto cookie oh, sitting cute. next to it. I just nice. like imagine the picture in Versailles. They're like, oh, we need our amaretto cookies Try the, or coupe yeah. glasses and, then drink your champagne. and champagne. Yeah, and right. then they're like dipping the cookie yeah. into the champagne. They're like, wait, what this if could... this was in the champagne? What if we like? What if it was like stuff? an amaretto like champagne? Oh. I don't know. I don't know. But no, I love that. Yeah. That's totally that, true. That's how that's they exactly what they sounded like too. The yeah. amaretto yeah. in that. For sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. dude, it was so good. For sure. They made the cookies apparently for the king of the region. Whoa. Oh. Then in the, in, oh, sorry, in 1851, they created the amaretto liqueur, which consisted of an infusion of their cookies with a little caramel for color, which we that's see the amaretto funny. like red. It's funny that it was a cookie first. That's so cute. cute. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, amaretto liqueur. Like we said, it had that little bit of caramel color. Another legend is from the Reina family, R-E-I-N-A, Reina mm. family, who formerly worked for the Lazzaroni family. The, apparently, the amaretto being created by a widow who posed for a <gasps> Renaissance painter, oh. Bernardo Luini, L-U-I-N-I, Luini, mm-hmm. in 1525. So that goes way back. Oh, wow. Wait, the, so she posed? yes. So this for is the painter. Yep, she posed for the paint for the Renaissance painter in 1525, and then the widow fell in love with the painter oh. and made her amaretto potion for him. So this and then did he steal the recipe? A from love her? potion. Her original oh. recipe is, uh, yeah, then been handed down from generation oh, okay. to generation without a change, and is currently marked as Disarona Original Liqueur. So apparently oh, wow. it was like a love potion for her painter to oh, make him fall in love wait, with her. Is that why you picked the amaretto for like our Valentine's yeah. kind of love episode? It's all connected. It's all about love. I That's cool. But that's all legend. So we don't know if that's actually true. But I think it's really hmm. cute and fun. That is cute. Maybe that's what we need these days is mm. a little bit more whimsy, a little bit more uh, fairy tale, folkloric in in our dating lives yeah in your dating life, in my dating life in your marriage anymore. i mean you definitely had some of that in your marriage <laughs> we're talking about valentine's day relationships yeah. and stuff like that for this episode so yeah. i mean from your perspective are you still on cloud nine married and and living laughing loving it or oh. has reality kicked in or well i mean oh shoot or is that even a thing i don't know 
it's I feel like right now it's a lot of going through the motions because of work just trying to get your schedules aligned and yeah dealing with your work life and at home life and you know I like have been working a really long job and 12 hours a day it's very stressful and I've been getting overwhelmed really easily so Mm -hmm. it's just like trying to stay like in that mindset of oh I we're a happy love couple whatever love potions yeah and maybe I need a little bit more love potion in my life because it's just you know we're just going through the motions right now but I'm still very much in love very very much in love but it's just now the married the wedding is over the honeymoon's over mm-hmm. now we're, we're like every weekend it's what chores are we gonna do and accomplish and you know or oh we gotta go take our car to get the oil change done and you know right like, like those realities of life kind of take yeah. away that like whimsy that was the high but also yeah. kind of a nice thing because you can't really live in that like crazy whimsy whatever it's very comforting mm. I will say it's like it's a comfort to know that that person will always be there and that mm. even though you're going through the motions and the same thing over and over again it's like yeah but like this is kind of actually what I want is to not have you know crazy things happen like oh now you broke up with me or what you know right like, and you're not having to prepare for every date and be surprised mm. by always oh, cheating on me. Or I mean, I'm, he still could very much so. But um, there's like less room for surprise mm. in a way. Yeah, and that's bad surprises. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's no, nice because then you don't have to. Yeah, yeah. And having yeah. the same conversation over and over again, like meeting new people and yeah. all that stuff, is like never. Have and to you can be more again. relaxed. It's like mm. I don't always have to be my at my best yeah around him anymore so but maybe we'll spice it up a little amaretto this um valentine's day we'll see but yeah i do not envy the the dating uh people it's rough out here it's a current state yeah yeah um what is what are your thoughts on dating? You know, <laughs> I am the last person to give any kind of dating advice. I feel like no. I'm so bad at dating. Um, I'm like a late bloomer in the dating world, I suppose. Like I didn't have a boyfriend in high school or anything like that. Yeah. Like my first boyfriend was like after college. Like I got a degree before I had a boyfriend. So it was very That's kinda cool. It was kind of badass. <laughs> <laughs> I had, had my first cocktail and I mean I had my first kiss in high school, but whatever. That's not dating. Yeah. But right. you know, and was then it, it wasn't love. No. It wasn't like a love. It kiss. was like just ki- being a kid, you uh, know. How old were you? I was a junior in high school how old were you in your first kisses uh a a senior in high school a senior oh yeah i don't want to talk about all my dating history and stuff we could talk that's a different that's different it is fun though you haven't really gone out on a lot of dates in general have you yeah not in the last like year and a half i've really only been on like two or three dates and why is that (laughs) Well, you know, I have my notes that I prepared. You're like, this is why I hate dating. Let me start. So I kind of have like three things that I'm like, okay, so this is what dating right now is like Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. 
in All Los right, Angeles. Because sure. I but know probably that's also bubble. any big city, big maybe. city in America yeah. or whatever, big city. Yeah, I feel like okay. So point one, people are looking for the serotonin. How many times have I heard or kind of felt a vibe where people are just like. I don't know the answer to your deep philosophical question. Can we just have a good time? Mm. How many times are people are just, just like, can we just have yeah. a good night? Can we just like whatever, whatever mm. a good night means to them? Can we just like enjoy our life and not be super pressed on things? Mm. Which is kind of like, um, if I'm dating someone because I want to marry them, then I hope that you're willing to like have some of these conversations. Maybe mm. the first date is not the appropriate time, sure, sure. but like date two, date three, can we have yeah. like a one? I like to have philosophical, psychological, kind of like a big yeah. brain sort of, I don't know, emotive Let's conversations. Let's talk about these morally gray topics. Right. I don't know. Let's see how you. I don't want to talk about your favorite mm-hmm. color anymore. Like this boring yeah. to yeah. me, but it really feels like there's this, I'm just looking for a good time. I'm just looking for that serotonin. Mm. Um, point two is that People seem to kind of have their set opinions and they're not really open-minded on like hard topics or really open-minded at all. So it's like Mm. my way or the highway type of thinking, always on defense, not Mm. really being able to listen. And if you are the person who's willing to listen, like, oh, that's really interesting. Like, tell me more about that. It's kind of like you're the weaker person in the conversation. Mm. Like there's kind Mm. of like ego involved. There's always a battle of like who is more dominant, dominant, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, why do we, why can't we just have a conversation back and forth rather than like one of us kind of pressing each other on their opinions Mm. to try and find like, well, what do you believe about this? Mm, That doesn't work for me. It's like, you're looking for something that doesn't work Mm -hmm. to just move on to the next person. Sure. Um, And then the third one is, just being exhausted and strung out and people trying to figure their lives out after COVID, but really not being willing to put in the work, energy, time, money, mm-hmm. care, hearing someone out. It doesn't, you don't need to spend 80 hours a day texting someone, you know, you don't need to text all day. You got to go to work, you got to do your life, but like it doesn't take that much effort to meet once a week or have mm-hmm. a phone call every once in a while like you have to put in the effort at the end of the day Mm -hmm. both people do and it's just so hard to find for some reason because back to number one looking for that quick serotonin yeah yeah so and you can usually just find that at (laughs) home or yeah yeah Yeah. Mm. i also think that like the world right now is a really hard place to be social in so there's like this it's dramatic, but I feel like it's like a social tumor that's like mm. sort of started with the COVID thing and being at home mm-hmm. and then encouraging like work from home. Okay, so I work from home. I sleep at home. Hobbies are at home. I can order Uber Eats. So I don't have to go out. Yeah, it's, I order from Amazon, right? so I don't have to go out to Target anymore either. Nope, I don't, have to, <laughs> I don't even go to Target. No, yeah, or no. like I don't Ooh. have to. Go. <laughs> never. <laughs> never. <laughs> Target, if you're listening, I didn't mean it. I promise. We always go to you. We always. Uh, uh, Always. It's a ritual. I'm yeah. so sorry to have a Grab your Starbies. You. Gotta get your Starbs. Gotta I was get just that dollar section. At Target today and I was looking at baskets for no reason. They have the best baskets. Just section. love. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Okay. So I yes, it's like I literally have a list here. Work from home, online school, dating apps, not going out because it's too expensive. I drove by one of our favorite bars mm-hmm. and um in LA and it was empty on a Thursday no, night. No, let's go right empty. now. It Wait, it's not empty. Thursday though. It's not Thursday. <laughs> People just aren't 
going out the same way, I think, no. anymore. Um, then also, like, booking events online, all vir virtual events. How many times have you, like, oh, I want to go to this concert, or I have some questions about this, like, thing from this venue, and you call the company, and they're like, oh, you can do all this online. Just do it yourself. And here's mm -hmm. a link, and we're going to text you. Yeah, Even, yeah, like, yeah, if you're apartment hunting, or if you're doing anything like that. Yeah, like, virtual tours. Virtual tours. Yeah. yeah. It's mm -hmm. like, I can't even go to the place. Not everyone does that, but it's just weird. And then also, like, at-home workouts. So I don't even have to go to the gym. I can work out at home. Guilty. <laughs> but that's okay but it's like of all of these things yeah, you know yeah. and i think at the end of the day my favorite phrase to we say we need to put like a at the, at the end, end of the, the day, day. <laughs> <laughs> i want another way to say that uh at the no not the, the apex of this ideation is <laughs> it is not normal to not leave your house for like a week that is not normal mm -hmm. it is not socially healthy it is not physically healthy and it's not good. You, you can do that for, you know, a few days. I totally get that. And that can be relaxing. And I know I'm coming from a being a social person. Sure. But yeah. and there are day, there are weekends where I'm like, I'm good. I'm not going to do it. But it's literally not safe. I was looking up not safe. That's dramatic, but not healthy. Yeah. I was looking up, you know, how often are you supposed to go outside or whatever a week? Like mm. trying to see like mental health wise, how is this being impacted and doctors are literally prescribing going outside mm -hmm. for people mm -hmm. who are struggling with mental health right now they say mm -hmm. two hours a week they're like two hours a week oh outside easy no not looking outside from your indoor window actually going outside being amongst the outdoors yeah and being amongst trees and the sky and oxygen and maybe it's still raining but they didn't are, prescribe but... like being around people it was nope. just like get just out outside outside yeah yeah very interesting. And I think that this festering social isolation tumor, the FSIT, sit. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you that is. Sit. <laughs> the sit. Don't sit. Um, oh, yeah, right. That's here. It, it's started or it's it's continuing to fester because we're rusty in, and uh, unpracticed on how to be mm. in public. And I think that people are so agitated. Like, oh, this person bumped me in Target. Like, oh, I'm so mad. Like, if we got bumped a couple times in Target, mm. then maybe you would not bump people in Target. Or mm. maybe you would be like, oh, yeah, that happens. There's people here. Mm. You know, it's like mm -hmm. such an easy got to rise out of you type of a thing. And it's also coming out in our communication, like communicating in person versus communicating over email all the time or even like with video. It's different. Like people made jokes all the time, like, oh, business on the top, sweatpants on the bottom. But I don't really feel like that's human. Mm -hmm. There's something about like getting ready and going out to the world that's like a ritual that we're supposed to do. But I think that at the end of the day, count it. Uh, Wish I had is, a drink still so I could take <laughs> a shot for every time. Says, at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, the final my final note on this is that our social skills are atrophying. Mm. And that's my hot take. Hot take. Our social take. skills are atrophying and it's affecting our dating and it's affecting our relationships. And it's the reason that Get I can't there, find a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, hot take being an introvert, but I think I agree. I agree with that because wow. I mean, I, uh, I feel like I'm very social for being an introvert. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like I always have to have friends over every weekend or do something with my friends you are the hostess personality yeah yeah, yeah. like I, I love I being need, at home but I want people here too yeah yeah I need people to 
enjoy my surroundings as much as I enjoy my surroundings. I don't know. There's just like such a feeling of contentment when you can just see your friends and family happy and like they're eating well, they're drinking well, we're all having a good time. Yep. Even if I'm not saying much or having to entertain much. Yeah. It's just the joy of like being around other humans that totally. are happy is and like learning like really nonverbals <laughs> and body language and like yeah. the like I feel like I've always felt welcome when you host an event because it is such a like come as you are yeah. don't feel, I'm always like wear your sweatpants, wear your sweatpants. <laughs> it's like you're wearing your nice sweatpants you're not, sure. you're not <laughs> like having this my I wear sweat my sweat set. <laughs> I'm not wearing, like, my dodgy sweatpants from sixth grade. No, like, please do. You know? <laughs> Wear your pajamas. I, that's, but what I'm saying is, like, there's, like, a ritual in still getting ready yeah. to go to an event like that. Yeah. And even when you're hosting an event like that, you're not wearing oh, your dodgy yeah, sixth yeah. grade sweatpants. You're still Maybe comfortable. Not. Usually you're not. <laughs> <laughs> it was just us, then sure. But, yeah. Usually I, it's, like, a cottage core dress or something. It's, like, a no, cardigan with, like, a little bonnet little hat little thing. Or, and, like, yeah. overalls. No. No. Comfy core. Comfy. Ooh. Trademarking right now. Comfy core. Comfy core. Hottest. Uh, hottest? Hostess core. Hostess. Hostess core. Hostess core. Ooh. Who are they? What does that look like? Oh, that's like know. charcuterie boards everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. A charcut. <laughs> charcuterie everywhere <laughs> i love that hostess core oh, hostess core i think people are still going out though you know i think yeah. people are still people are going to gigs again like concerts sure. and yeah. stuff like that people are trying but not everybody it's definitely there's no I, the same quantity yeah i i feel like i go out less but but like i said i just want people i still want to see people the same amount of time or same yeah. amount as i did before but i want them to be in my home yeah. or like want to stay home yeah. or just go to their house sure i mean it's like cheaper yeah you know the uh, food is sometimes better sure. just like homemade you know yeah. whatever that's fun yeah um more comfortable it's not loud yeah you know yep. you're not worrying about parking right sometimes usually depending on, where depending you're on the people's uh, houses <laughs> yeah depending on if you're in the city i just had a thought so going back about relationships and conversations. Yeah. And comfortable and not comfortable, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So now that Ellie and I are married mm. and whatever, I've noticed that we don't talk a lot when we're at home. Interesting. Like we don't just like sit and are like, so how was your day? I mean, we do ask that, but sure. it's not like let's sit with a drink and usually we don't eat our meal at the table. Usually mm. we eat while watching a show. Sure. Yeah. Or we're busy, like, I don't know, sometimes he'll be playing D&D with his guy friends mm-hmm. or I'll be, like, trying to finish up work or editing something. But then when we go out on a date mm. to a restaurant yep, see? or on an event or at, like, an event or something, that's when it's, like, how are you actually doing? Like, let's get into this a little bit more. So I think like the distractions of home and 
I, I guess it's probably not always the same if I'm at a friend's house. But then if I'm at a friend's house, I'm not paying attention to my partner. Right. I'm paying attention to my friends. My friends. And um, you're also, when you're at your house, you're like, oh, is that clean? Oh, do you have enough food? Do you have water? You're yeah. kind of like thinking about those things rather than like, actually, yeah, let's catch yeah. up. You know, when you're going out in public, it's for that amount of time. Mm-hmm. I just need to be present with this person for 30 minutes, for an hour. Mm-hmm. I'm going to this one concert for three hours. And then I go home and I chill. So you have that physical separation between socializing and relaxing and recharging Mm -hmm. and when you put everything now at home no wonder the mental health is is struggling a little bit Mm -hmm. or no wonder you feel overwhelmed when you get home because you look at your desk you look at your projects you look at your uber eats order that just came in Mm -hmm. you're starving all of your unwatered plants all of your unwatered plants all the plants you ordered that are in a box (laughs) in your front door i don't know like all those things are just kind of in the same space which is, yeah, I don't think that's healthy. Yeah. It's like, how do we make it better? Okay. So I have, so tying it back, I just had two more little points that I thought were cute that I wanted to mention. Um, We haven't really talked about plants very much this episode. So I do, I will say um, after we shot episode one, I had a free Saturday and I went through every single one of my plants and I was like, Mm. what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? I did that too. Oh my gosh. Like, well, yeah, mostly, but like I took plants that i noticed that they had the little like white termite yeah. butt bug things like yeah. took them outside i sprayed neem oil on them mm-hmm. i cleaned them off i uh put diatomaceous earth oh, on them too best hack. yeah see Love that's that. why they're all like white oh yeah totally because they were just i didn't know what else to do about the bugs yeah. but yeah like yeah one yeah like each. took a time and like took 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 the time to look through each one of them because I didn't want to last episode we were talking about like cutting things out of our life whatever yeah. I was just like I don't want to have plants in here that are dying because I yeah. can't be surrounded by death at my at home office oh, <laughs> sad, I was like yeah. I can't I can't do this but also while I was doing it I was thinking like I need to be doing this with my relationships too mm. I need to just be looking each. at each person like take the time hey do you want to go get some ice cream hey do you yeah. want to go grab coffee not that it has to be always out in public like sure come over or whatever or but something more than phone call video call text message mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. more that doesn't involve a screen just in person because I don't want these social skills to atrophy and I don't want because that social anxiety just festers then and it's yeah you feel uncomfortable and like teenage teenager again like self-conscious and I notice that sometimes times when I go out now I'm like oh, oh that's weird always afraid uncomfortable yeah. right I mean just going to a birthday party the other day to someone that like, like I know fairly well and Elliot actually knows them very well but I was just like terrified I was yeah. like I don't want to go I don't want to go anymore right like I don't want to do this I don't want to be awkward I don't yeah. want to feel awkward I don't want to be uncomfortable yeah but it was actually really fun <laughs> like, so then it was okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> but all that lead up is like yeah you can't breathe there's so speaking of the other day this happened to me and I was just like so it like woke me up so I was like in the groove I was going to Target of course <laughs> perfect <laughs> going to Target that's why you have to go to Target that's ladies you have and to go to good gentlemen. things happen okay so <laughs> I yes I was on my way to Target and I was I think it was Saturday morning and I was like kind of groggy like long week whatever I put together I'm going to Target I'm not yeah, trying to I'm no, not going no. you're to wearing Melrose. your nicer-ish sweatsuit yeah, sweatpants yeah. suit but you're not, not like yeah, yeah yeah I'm not like put together I don't know I just put clothes on and went to the store kind of thing and I was like whatever this is fine got out of my car and I was walking and there was like these two people that were kind of they're like my whatever young adult kind of our age and they were walking towards and I was just like 
those are people. I'm a person. I'm walking into Target. And I start walking into Target. And this person, they literally stopped in front of me. And they were like, you look so cool. I love your vibe. Your outfit's awesome. Mm, cool. And they're like, just have a great day. And I was like, stopped in my tracks. Someone who was complimenting me in person, I instantly felt like I could let my guard down. Like, mm. you know, you're in the city. So you're kind of like, just in case yeah. like uh, yeah and like a woman in the city just in case like pepper spray like bear spray I don't know it was like I could let my guard down like I'm just gonna go to Target oh my gosh I'm gonna have a great day today because that person was like I think they look cool I want to yeah. tell them yeah and that was it like bring back compliments I know <laughs> compliments I, will heal the world someone complimented me at a Starbucks line oh my in a Target oh, the, the other day not the other Target. day I guess it was like a week or two ago sure <laughs> basically the other day target is love that's why the target is red Mm. cupid's arrow target (gasps) everybody take your date (laughs) and bring a little amaretto with you bring a little amaretto my last note on my notes just brings it back to uh old-fashioned kind of love stories Mm. and like the innocence of love so basically like outside my apartment there's this young kid and he looks in the same in, lot or no no no, no okay. he's like across the street oh, so okay, i like okay, witnessed yeah, this yeah, yeah. okay i've witnessed this like multiple times now oh he's this young kid and he comes and he sits like on the sidewalk and uh then i was i, I would like look out my window and i'm like like waiting for someone how how old do you like young 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 or like teenager like teenager like high school okay okay. probably yeah something like high schoolers that like young love type of type of age right you just like have a crush on someone and you hope that you get to sit next to them in class but you also don't hope that because you're scared but anyways there's this kid he sits on the sidewalk and i'm like what is he doing and there's a girl who comes out of one of the buildings and she comes and sits next to him sometimes they'll have like a single flower which is the sweetest thing in the world oh and sometimes he'll come with like a bag of like in and out or Uh like a like a food thing and they just like exist and take time to like sit on the sidewalk together it's like the purest most like beautiful thing and so you know i guess unfortunately you can't be wise in love because the wisdom in that moment would be we're cold we're sitting outside we're you know mm-hmm. whatever our parents are wondering why we're not in an enclosed space i don't know but love and wisdom can sometimes contradict each other i think so we have to be a little bit blind and make silly decisions like having snacks outside on a cold sidewalk stoop just to be with oh, the person that you love that's so cute i'm like oh where do I find that those types of memories? Yeah, rather just than like, um, let me talk about my politics. Where, and where's this the game rock the throwing day? at the window, and where yes. like the oh yeah, the romantic the holding the boombox at the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, come downstairs. Come downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> type of, and I think that that can exist for so many people if you like allow it. I think you have to be that like dumb in love mm-hmm. uh oh little quick plant update yes um i've planted seeds like yes. a week ago and now i'm just waiting for them to sprout and then i get to put them in my raised bed and i also bought some beets and some onions green onions from um fig earth supply shout out to fig earth supply oh. for their 
produce that I have purchased and I'm going to see how my garden grows. So this so will be a fun, exciting. I'll have to do like little updates every month with yeah. like what has grown in What's my garden. Because <laughs> before, I mean, last episode, you're like, I want to do more outdoor growing. And yeah. here you are. And you're now like, I'm, I'm trying it. doing it. I'm yeah. diving right okay, in. Okay, well, I'm going to follow your lead because I have a goal to Ooh, pot and plant rose bushes in my patio so i've been looking up how to grow roses in pots because Mm -hmm. i don't have a yard because i live in an apartment you do like a raised bed though you can do raised beds yeah yeah, but you can also put them in pots so i'm gonna get some really cool terracotta pots i'm I'm saying it now because i need to remind myself to do it um but yeah and then i want to get some roses some beautiful red roses and Mm. learn how to take care of them and wow all that jazz so exciting yeah cannot wait well i can't wait to see your your veggies yeah and i can't wait to see your flowers roses (laughs) (laughs) roses. Uh, well this was fun thanks for the amaretto and for the wonderful history of the love potion (laughs) i'm just gonna keep referring to it as the love potion potion. i think that's what we need to call it now amaretto Amaretto. is the love potion it's so pretty too saying follow us on instagram you know where it's at the rootbound podcast and tiktok we're starting to post those tiktoks and our new setup with our funny stuff so you got to check it out but anyways thanks for being with us for this fun convo and we'll see you next month right yeah we'll see you next time